Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, what up? I'm Doug Godlieb. This is All Ball. Um... What we're going to do is we'll, we'll go through all the draft picks. Um, I might even go guy by guy on uh, part three of Mike Procorio. Um, but pro, this is a great pod. I, I do want to point this out. I would have taken Jabari Smith one. Uh, I thought he was the best prospect. But if we all knew that Chet Holmgren was going two, uh, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't Orlando work out Paolo Boncaro? Like why why would you buy a car sight unseen when you can test drive it? Right? Why would you? Why would you do that? I don't. Doesn't make any sense to me. Additionally, if you did decide on Paolo Boncaro, couldn't she have done a Danny Ainge and traded down to three and gotten more picks? It just. It feels like it feels like Orlando missed a great opportunity, even though they claim they got the guy that they wanted to get. So I'm not sure if I'm starting this podcast by. You know, ripping on John Hammond, who does a tremendous, tremendous job. I mean, he did a good job when he was in Boston, but I don't really understand how you go, how you don't work a guy out. And if he does become the guy and everybody knew Chet was going too, 
you at least kick the tires to, is Houston going after Jabari? If they are, then you can make a trade and get more assets. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, all right, more on the draft to come. Let, let's catch up. This is Mike Procopio, who, uh, of course, joined us on our last pod. Part one was really interesting, getting into the business, chasing around Rick Pitino, turning down Rick Pitino. Here's part two of our talk. So anyway, so I work out Kobe. He does the whole look me up and down thing. But like, I was just amazed at the simplicity of his work and the attention to detail and all this shit's real. It's not fake like a lot of NBA players have this persona. It's not fucking fake. And it's just like that. So anyway, so I work for Grover. I stay in Chicago. Grover's got like season tickets to the Bulls. I go to games. We have we have passes to go in that hallway, like in the back where all the agents and stuff hang out after yeah. games. So I get to know Kevin McHale pretty well through Ainge and being around Boston when he was in Minnesota. They have this nickname for me, Sweet Chuck from Police Academy and fucking um, in the eighties, right? Because yeah. I used to get my ass kicked for being a wise ass back in back in back in my days in Boston. So. Mikhail would tell me like three times a year, when are you coming to my house and hanging out? And I never hung out with Kevin McHale. And I, I mean, I'm, I have no, I like, I love Mikhail, but I had no idea. So I'm like, finally he goes, Mike, he stops me after the game. He said, you're coming to my fucking, house. Oh, no, he doesn't swear, but you're coming to my house in like a month. I want to set it up. We're going to go for like a week. You're just going to hang out, you know, come to practice. We'll talk hoop, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, well, fuck it. Let's do it. So I do it. And in the middle there, like a month before in the New York Times, they wrote about how Daryl Morey, which I worked for, worked with in Boston, um, like has this scouting report that he gave to Shane Battier through analytics, how to guard Kobe Bryant. So one team that quote unquote shuts down Kobe Bryant. Now they don't shut him down, but statistically it wasn't that efficient. So I get a call. I'm half, I'm, I'm staying with Mikhail, going to his practices and stuff, going to his games. And Grover hits me up. He goes, Look, Kobe's going to call you today. And I'm like, The fuck is Kobe calling me for today? He goes, Well, did you read this article in, in the New York Times? I'm like, Yeah, I read it. Yeah, I, I definitely read it. He goes, Well, he's, you know, he wants to know because he doesn't like that shit when like people's got something on him. He's going to ask you. To, to like do some investigation. I'm like, all right, whatever. So he called, he, he actually, I think he emailed me and he was like, Mike, look, I don't like when anybody has anything on me. I want you to investigate all these scouts, all these coaches. And I want you to, I want you to get how people guard me. What, what's the, what's people thinking when they prepare to play, to play me? Because this Houston thing, you know, I, I don't like it. I'm like, all right, cool. So uh, I talked to my friends that were advanced scouts, head coaches. I talked to Mikhail, talked to assistant coaches, and they all gave me the same idea and that same answer. Well, you just got to force them into tough shots, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if I come back to Kobe with that fucking answer, I'll never hear from the dude again. I wasn't trying to work for him. I just want to try to service a client because Grover was working with Kobe about, you know, servicing his knee. It was like 2008. And I was like, all right. I said, I'm not going to do that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get on Synergy. I'm going to break down film of like seven games, six or seven games that he played against Houston. So I broke it down and I watched. And literally, like Battier just stayed on his feet, most disciplined defender I've ever seen. You know, it's like uh, Kawhi Leonardish, like 
stayed on his feet, contested every shot, hand to the face, doesn't follow him, stays on his feet, funnels him to Yao Ming, which, you know, it's, it's just this big hulking 7-5 guy. You know, so it's like he takes awful shots. They collapse the whole defense. He funnels him to Yao. Instead of trying to pass the ball, tries to dunk on Yao or score on Yao every time. And I'm like, this is fucked up. Like, all right, not only is this a problem, and this is how they're playing him, you got Lamar, you've got you've got Trevor Reza, which isn't a great player, but is a good catch and shoot player. He can't isolate, but you can get him in that right corner after everything collapses, straight line driving. You got Pal Gasol that he relocates on every drive. You never pass to him. So not only did I give him the scouting report, but I also gave him like a three-page what the what's he doing wrong? Why isn't he, you know, why isn't he like, you know, giving the ball to these teammates in these types of situations? So I, I was a little not nervous about doing it because it's the only way I know how to do it is to tell him the fucking truth. So I do it. I tell Mikhail what I'm doing. He goes, dude, you, you think that's the smartest thing to tell a guy like that to do that? He's, he's laughing, busting my balls. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I said, it's not like Brian Scalabrini's asking me for this advice. It's fucking Kobe Bryant. I, I, I might as well go for it. And so I give him all this and he goes, all right, great. And I tell him like, look, you got to like force Yao to get out of the paint. It goes in the paint. He, you got no fucking chance. But when he gets out of the paint, he's got cinder blocks for legs. He can't move. You got to move him side to side. So you got to get him out of there. And then you got to move him side to side. Don't try to jump over him. They'll go around him. So anyway, they play. He has this unbelievable game, 30 plus. And in the last 30, 40 seconds, minute maybe, uh, pick and roll up top. Yao switches out. He Instead of jumping over him, he goes around and scores. So fucking me and Mikhail fucking laughing about it. He goes, you think you'll ever hear from him again? I go, fuck, no, I'm not going to hear from him again. It's a one and done. So anyway, I gave him this whole scouting report deal. Well, he gets interviewed about a minute later. I get a text on my phone. We got San Antonio tomorrow. I want the same thing. And literally, Doug, I would break down every opponent for him. Uh, the players that would be guarding him and the players he'd be guarding, starter, backup, backups, backup video strengths weaknesses stats scouting report plan of attack i would give it to him at 7 a.m every morning his time he would go to shoot around then start emailing me about 12 o'clock from 12 to about 7 off and on off off and on of his nap but we would talk probably all the way up to about 45 minutes before game time and then what he would want is he wanted film after the game and he would want um and he would want a breakdown of what he could have done better in the game to be more efficient. And I go, why the fuck are you doing this for? Well, why, why are you having me work? He goes, you're one of the only guys probably besides, you know, Phil Jackson and Grover that tell me the truth. He goes, everybody else is afraid to tell me the truth. No one has ever spoken to me like that in a long time. And I like it. And I'm like, fuck it. That's what I like to do. So that's what I would do for him. Every How do you, this is this a question. How do you decide? what you're going to be compensated for this? It's a good question. Because that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of fucking work, right? No doubt, no doubt like, about you're it. Doing, now, you know, that's, that's a lot of work for one client. So like, how do you feel like, well, I, well, I didn't get paid. He offered, paid? he offered me three times. He offered me three times. And I'm fucked up, Doug. No doubt about it. Couple of things here. A, I wanted to learn from the best. And I was getting paid by Grover. So I was getting my bills paid. I'm good. My wife's a veterinarian doctor. She's like, we're doing okay. I'm not married yet, but we're fine. So like, I wanted to learn from the absolute fucking best. And I 
thought once I started getting paid, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life, but it, that was my reasoning back then. If I thought I was getting paid, then I was expendable because now if something goes left or right, I wanted him to know that I was there for him, not for anything. I told him this, my first email back and forth when he decided he wanted to do this, that, look, we're not going to be friends. I'm not going to be hanging out with you. I'm not going to be asking where your favorite movie is. I'm not taking pictures with you. I'm not fucking asking you for shoes, tickets, anything like that. I'm going to stay in Chicago and do this. I want, I, I want to be able to fucking go back and forth with you and argue with you. And if I, I feel as though if we get close, I won't be able to do that. And that's just sort of how it was. And he asked me like three times. He asked me then. He asked me like at, at the end of the Phoenix series when they went to uh, the finals of Boston in 10. And he asked me one more time. And I think that's why fucking, you know, we got along so well. A, I wasn't costing him any money, but he knew that all I wanted to do was fucking learn from him. I wanted to be able to work with the best and I wanted to know how he prepares for stuff because not how to teach people how to play like Kobe Bryant, but teach people how to prepare like Kobe and what he did in certain situations. And I don't think there was a guy that spent more time talking to him than me. And like we, he would fly me out a couple of times to work him out. I think I remember doing it in 2011. And then when he came to Chicago, when he had extended period of time, if he came to Chicago and stayed for a few days, but um, we had an unbelievable back and forth about questions about the game, talking about old players, you know, breaking down film of old players and just sort of the way his brain works. I think that that's worth more than any type of fucking compensation I could have ever gotten because, you know, and again, I probably should have got paid. He gave me a championship ring after 2010. That's pretty fucking cool. To, to be honest with you, Doug, if I, if I got paid 80 grand a year, 90 grand a year, whatever, like it's given me so much more opportunity. Like if I wasn't working for Kobe, you know, I, it doesn't matter how good I am at, at developing players. Like Mark Cuban would have never hired me. The only reason why he hired me is because Adrian Wojnarowski and a few other people did huge stories on me after the 09 and 10 championship about my work with Kobe. Because, A, no one's ever done that with a player at that stature and like that type of service. And it was a great story, to be honest with you. A guy who scored four fucking career high school points, who's a fucking grotesque mutant, is fucking has the air of one of the most intense winners in our fucking generation. And yeah, it was pretty fucking cool, to be honest with you. And I'm not that fucking bright. I graduated with a 2.01. It shows right now about how fucking dumb I was. I probably should have asked. But I just saw where the training business was going. I saw these guys hanging out with these players. I saw, see them like taking pictures of them at clubs, like the whole internet, uh, social media thing really didn't take off yet, but you started to see it. And I'm like, I don't like that look right there. Cause Grover taught me, we service the client. He goes, we're like the Navy sales. No one sees us. No one hears us. No one fucking talks to us. We do our job and we move the fuck on. It's like the unit, like right? that show the unit. It's like that you're like Jack Bauer and, that's what that's what Kobe called me. It's Jack Bauer. And like he goes, motherfucker, he goes, you get intel that I've never seen before. And I'm like, well, yeah, all right. That's what you pay me to do. Or not pay me to do, but that's what I do. And uh, that's why he calls me Jack Bauer. And I actually had Jack Bauer in my phone for him um, when he would call me. And what happened is he fucking haunted my dreams for years because like I would he would text me at like four in the morning. 
and I had the Knight Rider. You know the swoosh from Knight Rider? That's his ringtone. And my wife would just roll her fucking her eyes. God, God forgive me for saying that. But like she goes, What's he want now? It's four in the morning. What's he want? And he would want to know about pick and roll coverage of like Phoenix or, you know, how how to Tracy McGrady like use his fadeaway against Detroit in this year. And I'd have to hunt it down for him. It was unbelievable. Mm. Um, you go to Dallas in what year? 2013. Okay. 2013. Um, what, what, was, what was that organization like? Uh, the support staff is some of the best I've ever seen. Um, Kate, In what like, way? Well, Casey Smith easily is the best trainer I've ever been around. I mean, he, he's got presence with the players. He knows what he's doing. He's very well thought out. He's very, you know, he's very focused on the job at hand. Um, Jeremy Holsoppel, their, their strength coach is one of the best strength coaches I've ever been around. He builds bodies. He doesn't give a fuck. He just does his job. He's focused at that. He'll go back at the player if he needs to. I really like working with him. Don Cockstein, sports psychologist. Now, most sports psychologists, again, like shooting coaches I've been around, were completely full of shit. Don Cockstein, by far, like he had more as far as the off-the-court development of players, he had more influence on my career than almost anyone else I've ever been around. Because we, we, what happened was, you know, you know, after they won the championship in 11, they sort of get rid of guys and, you know, whatever. They're sort of like, they're sort of wandering around the desert, right, with, with their roster and how they're doing. And their young players were sort of dying on the vine, you know, like, I think uh, the guys he developed before me, Brandon Wright did okay. You know, he, he was sort of, they sort of got him away from Golden State and he did okay for them. Um, let me see, JJ Barea, because they gave him a lot of minutes, he developed. Um, who's the big guy that, uh, Jan Mihimi, uh, yeah. they developed him a little bit. He was okay. But like for like a two or three year period, their, their young guys were dying on the vine. And, so what they wanted me to do is come in and help the development of, of those guys to to turn their young players into assets. So, you know, I was really good on the court. I was really good talking to players. I loved it because it was a time of the NBA where there wasn't 5,000 coaches that don't do anything. We had a really small staff. Most of them wanted to do game prep and, and they didn't want to work with the young players. Not and not nothing against them. It just wasn't right. what they like to do. So I loved it because now any young player I could just get to work with. Nobody was sort of standing over my shoulder. And we had guys like Jay Crowder. We had Bernard James. We had, we had some young guys that were, you know, that, that had a chance to be pretty good. So yeah, I started working, but Don Cockstein, what we would talk about, and he had a baseball background as well, and how to shape a development program to turn these guys into professionals where, because we're developing these guys for us or somebody else. And our job is to turn these guys in from, you know, we had about 18 months to do it by e for each player, by turn them into a serviceable player that we could either sign long-term or trade for value. And we had, we implemented things that no other team does. We had a rule where, you know, young guys, because young guys, from what I was told before I got there, were coming to practice 8, 10, 12 minutes before practice, lacing their shoes up and going. I said, that can't fucking work. So we had a rule that they had to come in 90 minutes before practice, but we would find them the uh, largest amount of money we could, which is 2500 bucks. And 
why we did that is we wanted them to come in the, the gym, get their breakfast and stuff, eat, get to the locker, but like, like see the trainer to get, you know, to help with the injury stuff. Go to the strength coach, get a workout in, get shots up with the development coach, watch film with coaches. And then also, you know, how grumpy coaches are like now the head coach, like Carlisle would come in, ride the bike, but I wanted him to see him in the gym or at the locker an hour and a half before practice or an hour before practice. Like, why the fuck is this guy here so early? This is great. Like, actually, like this guy must care a little bit. So that's sort of what we wanted to do to start this professionalism by each player to develop being a pro because if they get traded with us after year two or three to a team that has nothing invested in them, we want them to just carry that torch right away where they're coming early every day. They're knowing people's names. They're working with coaches. They're coachable. They're watching film and all that. So we started doing that and we started turning out some really good fucking players. You know, Jay Crowder. You know, we trade for Rondo, which ends up bringing us Dwight Powell, who developed into a really good fucking role player, borderline starter, decent starter for Dallas. You know, um, you know, we, we develop him. Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, brought Dorian in. And, you know, Dorian was a, is a funny story. One of my best friends is an 80-year-old agent named Frank Catapano, a Boston guy from New York originally. He had Dorian in his stable of players. And, you know, like I remember draft night, we had a second round pick in the 40s and I really liked him right off the bat. I thought he could have been Michael Cooper. He just needed to develop a shot. He had the size. He had the length. He was very coachable, very sort of tunnel vision and stuff. And like I I was the only guy who raised his hand in the, in the draft room. I remember wanting to draft in the second round. He got red flagged for something, some small thing. We ended up taking AJ, Ham, uh, AJ Hammonds. And I'm like, what the fuck? But thankfully, like right after the draft, now Frank told me that Miami and New Orleans had like uh, summer league deals for Dorian already in place. So I get on the phone with him. I said, Frank, I think he could be really good here. I'll be here with him every day while I'll watch over him. So I knew if he went to Miami, he'd be a fucking star. I knew it, not a star, but he'd be really fucking good. He's there kind of guy. Yeah, I knew if he goes to New Orleans, he'd probably get lost in the shuffle. They weren't very good in developing players. So I'm like, we need him. He goes, all right, well, he's got like a $100,000 guarantee or seventy five from Miami. I said, if he could match that or more, uh, we'll, we'll do it. It'll have to be more. So Cuban stepped up, paid him, and then we took him in. You know, that fucking guy worked hard every day, ends up getting a shot. We hired a shooting coach, Peter Patton. Uh, from Minnesota, who ended up working with him in a shot, really helped him and really brought him along. And we just sort of had this stable of good role players. Him, Dwight, Maxi Kleber, Jay Crowder, you know, Jalen Brunson was turnkey. He, you know, he, he would have been, you know, Jalen was already set from day one, but Peter Patton really helped him. And he just needed minutes to develop. He didn't need anything else. And that's what he got. And then obviously we draft Luca, and like like I said in my video I put out today, a fucking basketball could work out Luca, and he'd end up being a superstar. I didn't know that at the time. I thought maybe he'd be like a Dragic 3.0. Like the one thing about Luca I saw from day one was he's one of the top five passes that I've ever seen in a week's time. Like just playing with our guys in October and September, I mean, you could tell that his vision was fucking next level. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers pots and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios walkways and gardens with the home depot's mother's day savings event happening now get vigoro potting soil just $8.97 for strong healthy vibrant plants indoors and outside start your mother's day shopping and saving today by checking out the home depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's, what's Cuban like? In terms of, you know, his level of involvement, because, you know, some of these dudes, they get involved and you're like, yeah, I mean, look, owner, the, the, the expression, I know NFL is owner's own. Yeah. You do all the work you want, but if the guy who writes the checks doesn't want them or the guy who writes the checks does want them, that's the way it goes, right? Owner's, uh, owner's own. Some guys are, hey, you guys do, you, you know, you do you. Um, I'll just, you know, just, just win. And like, that's, that's what the Clippers supposedly, it's whatever it takes to win, you guys do it. I'll write the check. What, what is Cuban like? Cuban is sort of something in the middle. Like I thought I've heard wars. Like I, I've, you always hear war stories about everybody. Like you hear that he's like cussing guys out on the plane, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't really like that. He was intense. He was into the team. He was there a lot. Um, but he'd be like, he'd, he'd want to know 
exactly what you're doing. Like, and he would question you on it. If he thought that he had a better thing, he would know he wouldn't do it often, but he would be there a lot. He would talk to you like, pro, what do you know? Like what, what's going on? Like, what are you working on? Who are you working on with? Like, like he'd want to know things like that. And he would ask me, he was like, look, you know, I heard about this thing on shooting or this, like this, this sort of, you know, gadget or whatever. And then he would ask my opinion and he would never really force feed things on you. The only thing he didn't want you to do is like mid range shots. Like he fucking hated it. I'll tell you two things that, you know, really I thought was pretty, pretty, you know, pretty interesting. Hated mid range shots. And he wanted our guys in the off season in the, in the fall to shoot two feet behind the line. And yeah. that was unheard of at the time. And I'm like, Mark, why? He goes, well, a couple of things. A, it's more spacing. And yep. B, like, it's more you spacing don't, to operate. You, you don't yell, so you don't shoot. You don't, you're not a line hugger. You don't shoot. Yeah, honestly, actually, that was one of my dad's philosophies Yeah, uh, for a long time, which is like, don't ever shoot at the line. You, shoot, make, you should make 10, you know, for high school kids, make 10 threes in every workout from, from pro range, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, Rondo. That yep. thing went bad at the end. Yeah. Like, he, basically, he basically quit on him at, in the playoffs. Well, here's the thing. Rondo's, I, I've known Rondo since he was 16 years old. Um, Steve Smith from Oak Hill Academy is one of my best friends in coaching. I, I, when I was my first year at Nike camp, we were, we were roommates and I've been close ever since. So when we get him, I love the trade. I would do the trade 10 times out of 10 for a talent standpoint. You gave up Jay Crowder. You know, Jameer Nelson on his, you know, last couple of years of his career, Brandon Wright, you know, a pick that didn't really turn into anything to, for a guy at the time that was still a top 10 point guard in the league. The problem there was he was a absolute thinker and Carlisle, absolute thinker and very alpha doggish in their own ways, both sides. Yes. And that wasn't going to work. And from that standpoint, you don't make the trade, but you got to try to make the thing work. And I think both those guys try to make it work, but it just, you set them up for disaster, both sides. Like, you know, Rick should never coach Rondo. Rondo should never play for Rick. And what happened, I think the biggest thing, and it cost Rondo millions of dollars, where like, you know, we got him in the win playoff games. And the first game, we we had no chance of beating Houston. They had Dwight, they had Harden, they had all these fucking guys, and we didn't have it. We really didn't have the firepower or the shooting. Like the it's a league of shooting, yet we have, you know, Rondo, Chandler Parsons, and Monte Ellis and Tyson Chandler in the same fucking lineup. Like that's tough to compete with shooting wise against a team that just fucking shoots threes and lobs to the rim. So Rondo gets 15, 5, and 1. And, you know, we were, you know, 15, five and one in game one, you know, attacked the basket, made a couple of threes, made a free throws, not feeling good about our chance to win, but Bajon did really well. Well, his plus minus is like minus 21. I'm not a plus minus guy. I think that that's very subjective, like in, in, in a lot of ways. And he has 15, five and one. And then he literally sits most of the first half. And he just shuts down because those guys got into it a few times. Everybody saw the blow up against Toronto and, and things like that. So he just had enough. And I turn to him and I say, Ray, like while he's doing this, sitting down and, you know, not wanting to get back in, I go, Rajon, I know, like, look, it's fucked up. You know, 
you didn't play it. You know, you're here to play and you're not playing, but dude, this is going to cost you. This is on national fucking TV. Just get in the game, do whatever. But like that, the way his brain works is like when he shuts you down, I know he shuts it down and it's not right. It's definitely not right. But 15, five and one, you're pretty excited about going forward with that. And he was making threes like, you know, the last half of the year, the last 30 games or so he played with Dallas. He, you know, he came in at like 43 from the line, like putrid from the three. Last 20 or 30 games or so, he shot like 74 from the line and he shot like 52 from the three on a really small sample size. But he was actually doing a little bit better, shooting, making some free throws and clutch. Like he was doing better. But I think sitting that first half, it just had an overload in his brain. And again, he was, he was definitely in the wrong. He, he, a competitor never does that, regardless if he likes to coach, doesn't like to coach. And it just really ruined the rest of his career as far as getting long-term deals. Every other deal from that moment on was one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. When he was with the Lakers, they said he would win shooting drills, like all the shooting drills. So what happened? Yeah. So what happened? He comes in, he works with Dirk's coach early on. And like Dirk's coach, I think, you know, Hoger, I think if you work with him while you're younger in your career and you're, it's like holistic medicine, if you work with him long enough, it's going to really resonate. I think for a player older in their career and you're trying to get a mid season to try to make a change, that's not the right avenue. So they tried that for like a few weeks to a month and it wasn't working. What I wanted to do with them is raise his arc, not change his shot. Because again, from Hopley, you learn, you know, you can make tweaks to your shot. It's like getting operation on your knee. You, you could get like, sort of like, you know, cleaning up cartilage, or you could do microfracture surgery. When you're trying to change your shot, it's microfracture surgery. When you're trying to raise someone's arc, it's like getting, you know, getting cartilage, you know, flushed out or whatever, whatever the fuck you do, like a small procedure. Yeah, it will fuck you up for like three weeks. But once you start getting it, you, you don't change your shot. So your, your consistency, your, you know, your comfort level and your confidence is still there. It's just a couple of weeks. It's going to just take, take time to get it up. So that's what we did. We finally said, Hey, Rajon, just get it high. Elbow to your eyebrow, hold your follow through, and his arc got a lot higher. And then he started getting softer shots, and he softened his shot up a little bit. And I thought that that makes a big impact. You know, it's not the cure. It's sort of like your shot's like an engine, Doug, right? In your car, and your fucking your corrupt mechanic comes up to you and goes, "Well, I could change your engine for fifteen thousand. No, or oh, it's like you know, what was that movie with Robert uh, Rod, um, uh, with, with with Williams? Um, fuck uh he was a football player fucking he missed the fucking ball in the state championship robin williams is in it oh um oh i know this one hold on uh when they go back and they replay the yeah yeah with 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 russell with kurt russell yes uh taft taft high school yeah so i remember the part from the movie and i take that in my teeth because i'm a big movie guy as you know i've already dropped like eight of them but like he said, look, I can replace your engine or you could put this fucking, you know, or you could put this fucking like liquid into your fucking engine and for a dollar fifty and it'll make it sound like it fucking runs. The best that's of times. Best of times. So like that's what the shot is, Doug. Like your shot's your engine. You can either replace your engine and it's gonna take four to eighteen months to get you back on track. Or you can make these small adjustments around your shot, your footwork better, your your follow-through is better, your your release is high, your 
arc is higher, you're softer, all these things where like it will take some time to, to sort of get you back on, on track, but you don't have to gut your whole shot. And that's what I thought Rondo should have done. And we did that and we spent a lot of time. He would shoot after every home game. Like every home game, we would have to, you know, go through a little shooting routine and he would have to make five in a row at eight baskets. And if he missed two in a row, he'd go back a basket. And it really helped him. And he had to swish all five in a row. And he really, it, it helped him a little bit. So it just uh, wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good how, fit. Uh, I mean, how has Jalen Brunson become this good? Like, look, everybody likes Jalen Brunson. He was a great yeah. college player. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense that a guy who's kind of step slow yeah. And not big. Yeah. And it's not like he's gunned up. He's always kind of basketball country strong a little bit. Yeah. But like, he's going to make a lot of money this summer. Oh, without question. He'll make. Okay. So how, so how, how does that work? Well, first of all, the like, and that's the thing, like in, in development, Doug, it's like you're getting on a, a, a like a three lane highway. You're getting on. The first thing you got to do as an NBA player is develop your routine every day. Your routine's what's going to take you through your struggle and your success. You got to do the same shit every day, like being there early, getting your shots up, watching film, being coachable, taking care of your body, diet, all that stuff. Jalen, and, and it usually takes about 18, 12 to eighteen months for those players to really get the routine done. Jalen Brunson had fucking zero zero problem with the routine from the day one. Being early, staying late, yes, sir, no, sir, doing exactly what he's – so, like, right off the bat, he's got an edge on these players. Second of all, he's got a fucking brain in his head. He knows how to change speeds. He knows how to read defenses. He's asking questions on his bench the first year when he's not playing. He's first in the huddle, like, like watching the play, drawing up. And you could ask Jalen. That's, that's a little trick that we did with our players, even when they – especially the ones that didn't play – after Carlisle would draw something up, it's like, all right, what are we running and who is it to and why? And he would just answer it, answer it, answer it. Like he already had that culture deal already fucking set. And then the work ethic and then working with Peter Patton, the shooting coach. And then like all he did was use his fucking brain. The game is so chaotic these days of players that take awful fucking shots can't make plays for other people and just like just chaotic basketball through trainers, through and not all trainers, but most and through all this one-on-one -on -one, me, me, me basketball. He didn't play like that. So he just said, okay, I'm playing with Luka Doncic, which is one of the best passers that ever played the game of basketball. All I have to do is a make open shots when they double off me to get to him straight line, drive it, make a play for someone else. Cause Jalen doesn't have great, vision like he'll give you assists but he's not like a vision guy he can yeah. make the play that's in front of him no doubt about it but like he just makes easy plays he doesn't complicate the fucking game Doug and he gets an opportunity playing because the one thing they don't have maybe Dimwitty's a little bit of that but they don't have another guy that could really really have the ball in their hands and do a lot with it make a play yeah make, yeah, make a play for himself or for others Dorian Finney-Smith, catch and shoot. Dwight Powell, lob guy. You know, uh, Bullock, catch and shoot guy. You know, like, that's what they got. And Jalen could handle and pick and roll. He could finish, floater, post you up, step throughs. 
like the step through stuff we like i didn't do anything with jalen but like i would work him out before games and we would spend a lot of time on the step through stuff he already had it like villanova's huge on playing off the two feet thing and but like i i thought he was gonna be like a Derek fisher on steroids that's why i yes. thought jalen was gonna be like like a guy who could start be really good tough but he just took it to another level and and now with the amount of money with not a lot of free agents out there i think he'll probably get at least 20 i would think upwards of 25 in free agency he did it doug because you know rick his dad rick which played two towns over from me at salem high school and played in the boston shootout and was a fucking legend in high school and um you know, in uh, in basketball in Massachusetts, but like he set him in that like obviously that role player mentality of you got to put your work in, you got to be coachable, you got to play a certain way, you got to be tough, and that's what he did. And the fucking kid, he didn't fight it; he hit a home run with it. And now the guy's gonna get paid. And you know, I think I think the Mavericks because if the Mavericks do lose him, salary wise, they can't really make a lot of moves, so they need to sign this guy. So I think, I think like if Detroit ends up like offering a lot of money or New York or what have you, I think that they'll, they'll pony up, up to a, uh, probably up to a certain number of course, but I would say from 20 to 25 million. That's where, that's where I, I see him. Um, now you're doing kind of what you did for Kobe, even for college kids now, right? Like yeah. Max Christie, freshman yep. at Michigan State now going to league. So now you've turned this into a business, correct? Trying to, trying to. The problem with my mentality with this thing, Doug, is players hate this shit because they don't want somebody actually telling me, telling you what to do, like not like what they're not doing well. So my video breakdowns are simple. You give me your film. I chop it up where I only take the plays you're involved with on the ball, off the ball. I then like record my screen, go through the clip, stop it, rewind it, slow-mo it, and add audio coaching to it, telling you the stuff that you do well and why you do it well and what you're not doing well and why you're not doing it well. And what on the ball and off the ball. And a, specifically for shot selection, efficiency, off the ball play, defense not fouling as much, trying to show hands, not leaving feet on perimeter shooters, like trying to turn them more efficient as basketball players. Max Christie, you know, ended up being one of the best defenders in the Big Ten, a lot of which because we worked on it about, you know, closing out short, not running guys off the line, holding, you know, not, not leaving his feet, following less. And he ended up being the guy that would guard the best player every night and being, he was already always an efficient player anyway. And then with a, like a Rike Gobawale, one of the best players in the WNBA, again, working with her on her defense or off the ball play, making plays for others, you know, getting, you know, getting rid of the ball. If you get double teamed and then respacing sort of like what Steph does and just trying to be that person that tells them the truth every day. And like, I got, I get some good clients and things. It's just, we're such in a trainer mentality of everybody telling you how good you are. And like, you got to be the, the main player, main player, main player, and everything's with the ball. Not a lot of players like to be told they're not doing everything perfectly. So my clientele is a little bit different, you know, how can, how can somebody get a hold of you? How can somebody uh, become, become one of your clients? 
email me, Mike at hoopconsultants.com. They could follow me on Twitter, Hoop Consultants, Instagram. Not a huge social media guy, but I'm on there a little bit. I'm usually making fun of Kyle Collinsworth because of his diet from BYU. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, yeah. he's insane. He's, he's fucking insane. He's yes. one of my favorite players that I've ever worked with, but he's completely fucking insane with that shit. And I, you know, and I, I sort of enjoyed, I enjoyed being with him because, you know, he, I, again, I love role. I, I, I can work with any type of player, but the role player to me is somewhere I could really help because, A, nobody wants to work with them. Like, I, I remember being with the Mavericks. We had guys like 15 on our roster shooting around. We had assistant coaches walking through their court. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, is anyone going to work with this fucking guy? And I love spending time with those guys because if they're good, if they've got a little talent, you could really make a big change. And I, I love I love Kyle. But he's fucking completely insane with that fucking workout shit, man. I love him. I fucking love him. I love well, him. Well, I think that that's the connective tissue, right? We're yeah. all lunatics on some level, but you love yeah. the sport yeah. and that's kind of what the, the connective tissue to it. Well, he got hurt. Like when he was at BYU, he tore his knee up early and somebody got in his ear about holistic medicine, about eating right diet and how it could heal you better. And it worked for him. And then he just like, he was all about that. And that's what he was all about. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's interesting, man. It's, Look, this, Doug, this game is unbelievable, man. It, it connects you with so many players. And, yeah, the, I miss the old days of, like, again, the everything's so inclusive now. Like, I loved back in the day where you have a lot of AU clubs play in, like, April, May, June. Then you have to qualify for things. So, like, July was shut off for most teams because they go to Vegas or AU Nationals. And... You know, and also AAU gets such a fucking bad name because actual AAU basketball has like rules, regulations, dress code, birth certificate, background checks, and all this other stuff that you see on like social media is like independent. But anyways, like you have July where you got to qualify. You can't just write a check for 1500 bucks and play in a tournament. You had to qualify. So everybody else went to five star Eastern Invitational. They went to, they went to the pump camps. They went to BC, uh, BC camps all over the South. They had to go to camp and get better and play. And then you get back to AU stuff in the fall. But since now everything's so inclusive that you could just go to any tournament you want, basically, you just got to write a check. It, it it's, it's, it's crazy. There's, there's, Everybody has a national championship, yeah. right? Like, wait, yeah. that's a national championship. That's exactly. a national championship. That's not, wait, which is the national championship, no right? Doubt. No doubt. And, um, and then the holdbacks, the double holdbacks. Oh, and, God. Like, now I was, was a hold, now just, you just were, yeah. I, I was a holdback, mm -hmm. but I had to hold back, right? Like, I yeah. finished eighth grade, I was five feet tall, right? And, you know, I hadn't hit puberty yet. So, what'd I, you do? Did you repeat eighth? Yes. Okay. And my, my son's going to do the same, going to repeat seventh or eighth year. I, I, I don't well. mind that. I don't right. mind that. But, but you have kids that are already advanced. Like, what are we, what are we doing this? For? Hey, look, PGM. Like, like I'm like, again, you had Max good on, which is one of my best friends. Like, you know, that crazy motherfucker. But like, he, like, I remember being exposed to postgraduate basketball. Like, and again, I, I, I read about it in like, I think I read about it in raw recruits or whatever, but like, I, I remember 
something like uh, an ad in the newspaper. Hey, Winchenden School is playing MCI tonight at, at Phillips Exeter. So I would drive up hour and a, an hour from my house and I would watch it and I would be like, what the fuck? Like New England prep school basketball, they had, you know, they mostly had PG, postgraduate or seniors. I don't mind it if, if like you don't get a score or you don't get the recruitment that you want or you need to mature and then you do the postgraduate year. It's the holding back, you know, because I believe in playing up. I don't, I don't believe in being older and playing down like that. That's just easy work. And yeah, that, that to me is, and, and, you know, eh, not really, not really all, you know, all for that. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Celtics. Are they close? Yeah, they're very close. Look, you got two of the young stars in the league, and you get them basically signed up. Now, the problem with this is 
it, sometimes it could be a flash in the pan situation. You've got the talent there. You got smart signed up. You got Robert Williams. If he could stay healthy for a whole year and add a little bit to his offensive game, it's going to be a huge help for them. The problem lies with this. Al Horford, can you play at 37 like he played there? That's the problem. And that's where it diminishes a little bit, right? Here's the, here's the two things. Yep. I, I, the, I agree. Like everybody believes, okay, that you get a year older, you get a year wiser, you notice your mistakes, yeah. Tatum develops, Brown develops left hand, yeah. right? Like all of these things, they get better. What they fail to realize is like, Al Horford gets a year older. He's not going to get a year better, right? Yep. So the two things would be they got to figure out Horford. Yeah. And then I think that backup point guard is the the most glaring portion of what they need to add. And yep. it, it's not just because they need somebody to get those two off the ball. But that's the way to get Robert Williams more offense, right? Like if he's healthy. If you can shut him down and get his knee right. Yeah. That's a, that's a roll guy. That's a rim roll guy. We just throw it up to the rim. Yep. And a, and a rim protector rebound. You know, maybe, uh, what's the, why am I, uh, maybe Peyton Pritchard. I just, I don't know. Like, I just don't like Peyton's more of a shooter score yep. than a guy who comes off a ball screen and throws it to the rim and can make yep. all those. He's plays. not that. He's not right. That. Yeah. So, and, and but now you can get away with his defense because if you play him with Robert Williams, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can force him that you can put a lineup and around. I think that's, and, and I also, and I actually love Brad and think mm -hmm. Brad is brilliant. And this is a great role for him. Mm -hmm. You know, that Danny built it. He's tweaked it because he coached him. He knows it. And then he handed it to Ime and Ime is a dude who can stare those guys down mm -hmm. and tell, you know, tell him to pass the fucking ball and play defense. Right. Right. So I, I think the whole thing works. But Brad has never really valued that type of point guard. Go and look at, at, at his teams at Butler didn't have it. His teams with Boston haven't really had it either. <laughs> so that's, I think, a bit of that. That would be my thing in terms of tweaks is in order to get more out of Robert Williams, I agree with you at the offensive end, right? Mm -hmm. And how he, you know, he's, nobody plays in the post anymore. He's definitely not going to want to play in the post at this stage. No, no. But he can be a great role guy. But yeah. one, you got to tweak what you're doing offensively, which is pretty simplistic. But more importantly, you got to get somebody who does that and knows that and can and can. Is that is that fair? Yeah, for sure. You need a Rondo type, yes. off the bench type of player, and that's what they're missing. They need that guy that could create a uh, pick and roll and do that, and that's a problem. And you know that, yeah, those two things: bench, you know, bench. As well as that point guard off the bench, correct? Yeah, but, the, 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 but then the other problem is if that guy, then can I think you can play him with Smart because Smart's so strong defensively, yeah. you know? But can you play that guy with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? I think you can play him with Brown. I just don't know if you can play him with Tatum. Like Tatum without the ball in his hands, he just seems lost. Yeah, Tatum needs to, and, and again, you know, Drew Hanlon is probably the best guy at it, you know, because he's probably the least circus of. You know, he doesn't do that circus shit. And, like, I think that they have to spend a summer of, in my opinion, off-the-ball stuff. Like, you know, cutting and, you know, like giving it up early and respacing. The, the, the big play against the, against the Nets was him cutting. Yeah. Right? Instead of yeah. that Marcus Mark shot fakes game one, 
takes yeah. a dribble and he cuts and makes an incredible finish. Like, I don't yeah. think he cut the rest of the playoffs ever. Yeah, I think you need to be able to do that. Like if you watch Steph and watch the passing and cutting and, you know, the cutting is huge and just how like LeBron when he was on Miami, like huge cutter, you know, again, like, like it's just the cutting and off the ball game. Yeah. They got to have to figure that out. But like, like Miami's got glaring issues, right? Yeah, you know, can't score. Can't score. Milwaukee probably would have won that series if Middleton played, but they've got glaring issues too. Like every team's got an issue, thankfully for Boston. And, you know, they, you know, I don't, I, I think Philly's tapped in my opinion. I think they, they're just sort of like, they've hit it. And I don't think there's, there's a, many. There's a, there's a story today that Kyrie is at an impasse with the Nets. Oh, oh shocker, right? Yes. You know, and Doug, that's the thing. Like, everybody wants to complain about Kyrie, and I'm one of them. But, like, talent wins in this league. And yes. somebody will put up with him again. And But the thing is, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to play for the minimum to go to Philly? Uh, if you're an impasse. Here's the thing. You're an impasse, but, like, what are you giving up for Kyrie Irving? Are you going to give up assets for Kyrie Irving? Maybe Miami might. Miami might give up Harrow for him because they they're, they're always about talent. But like now, you got to figure out: is this guy going to want to stay with you? And so you're not going to give him really anything worth a lot. You Do know? you like Durant? I love Durant. I think I think Durant. I think Luke. In my opinion, Luke is the best player in the league. And I, you know, it's up for debate, of course. I think Durant's number two. I think Durant because he could score. So effortlessly, and yeah, like he's. An I'll, I'll throw some. I'll throw some at you. Sure. I think Durant is this era's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh wow! Okay, and here's 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 yeah. here's why. Yeah, give it to me. His his jump shot is an unstoppable weapon, right? Just like Kareem's skyhook was an unstoppable weapon. Sure. He's also kind of socially aloof, right? Yeah. Like like Kareem is socially aloof. Um, and I I mean I think. It's it's interesting. Again, like you can think the world of Steph. They were on yeah. the same team, yeah, for three years. Mm-hmm. There was no question who the better player was. Like it's not really nearly as close. Now, I don't necessarily mean I want to always play with KD. I suppose like Steph feels like a dude you'd much rather be around for three years, right? Okay? And but um, so I I think it's like Kareem. We'd have these they have these debates over like greatest players of all time, like. The guy scored more points than anybody at six titles and six MVPs and like not even brought up. Now, I granted it was a different game or whatever and all that stuff. But the point is that I feel like Kevin Durant is going to always be that guy who has every like on the Olympic. We don't win the Olympics last summer. If not for Kevin Durant, no chance. Right. None. Right? Do you get do you get into that a lot besides like interaction on social media? But like, do you I, I hate those discussions on top 10. I had a guy, Joe Boylan, who worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He worked for me at Grover's and he would always bring around his top 50 list. I would tell him, Hey Joe, shove that fucking top 50 list up your fuck. Cause I, cause it's like, if you think Wilt Chamberlain's the best of all time, awesome. All right. Uh, whoever it is, like, that's what you think. Why are we arguing? Like, okay, cool. Like if I said, great, like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you argue Akeem Olajuwon versus Steph Curry. Yeah. Like how do you argue that? Like what right. what is the what is the point of that? Right. What is the point of that? Yeah. I, you know? I, well, like I, they're all juggernauts. Like I, I do the podcast with um with Andrew Bogut, the uh, the Rogue Bogues podcast. Yeah, yeah he's and awesome. 
oh, he's the fucking best. And like, like he, he, he wants Steph in the top 10. I'm like, God bless you. Go ahead. Here's the thing though. When you put Steph in, he's not out. out. And yeah. that's hard. And so like, I got it right here. I wrote it down last night. So like, again, in any order, I don't give a fuck what the order is. I just wrote them down. Like Russell, MJ, LeBron, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Bird, Chamberlain, you know, Hakeem is in there. So we, then, we didn't mention it. We didn't mention Tim Duncan. Exactly. Right? KD, Duncan, Kobe. Yeah, we didn't mention like, Kobe, right? No, so like and, those. And, and like, those? And, and like, you're somebody who loved, respected, worked with Kobe. Yeah. But this like automatic, put him in the top 10, like, Wait, what? Hold it's on. Tough. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned Shaq, right? Yeah. And Shaq's a Shaq. hard one because he would never oh, be in shape. He would yeah. never be in shape the first two, three months of the season, right? Hey. But he was such a completely unstoppable physical specimen. Hey, what about your first time seeing Shaq in LSU? How about so, that? So here's my first time. So yeah. uh, you don't know this. Dale Brown and my dad, very, very close. Right. Okay. Here's how close, okay? Uh, one year I come home from. I don't remember what camp it was. It might've been superstar camp. It used to be a superstar camp. I, see, I love the, that Doug, you've gone to all that shit. I love that. Like right. those are the well, camps. I never did that. My, my, my brother went to BCI. My dad would ship my brother off to the East coast. I never yeah. did the East coast camps. Uh-huh. I did superstar and I did pumps and then yeah. I did it. Then I did ABC, ABC. ABC two years. So I come home, I think it was after superstar. Right. So my teammates at superstar camp were Willie McGinnis right. and Jared Haas. And then there was another dude, I'll think of it, he played at San Francisco, and he was literally the best athlete I've ever played with. He right. was a dunking machine, a black dude like 6'1". Anyway, so I come home and seated on my couch are a white dude who's like 6'9", looks foreign, and a, and a black dude who's like not saying anything. Uh-huh. So I come in and I was like, hey man, what's up? Like, hello, my name is Roman Ruchenko. I'm here to play for your dad. This is Ronnie. He is from Mississippi. I cannot understand a word he said. <laughs> so it was Ronnie Henderson. And Ronnie Henderson, yep. Uh, Ronnie Henderson from Murrah High School and Roman Ruchenko. And then we had a guy on my team, well, I'm actually coaching his son now, named Brandon Titus. Brandon uh-huh. was from Gar High School, Cerritos. And they all went to LSU together. And uh, to thank my dad, uh, for delivering all these dudes. But I'll never forget this. The Maui Invitational, LSU's playing, right? Yeah. And I get a I get a call from a friend of mine. He's like, hey, uh, is your dad, why is your dad in Baton Rouge? I'm like, my dad's not in Baton Rouge. He's in Hawaii. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'm watching LSU play and your dad's sitting like right behind the bench. I go, oh, he must have gone out. He went to the Maui Invitational. Like, uh uh, Coach Brown flew out. So they were really close. Uh-huh. So um, after uh, Shaq's freshman year, maybe a sophomore year before he left, he had, he was at the Wooden Awards. Okay. And I, I remember the first time he played Arizona. And That's Arizona, it. That's right? the first time I saw him. Dunking on dudes and doing yeah. the cabbage patch. And like, yeah. I never seen some shit. He was like a cartoon character. It was um, like, you could, it, it was, yeah, it was, um, you're in the movie, here's a movie, you're a movie guy, Weird Science. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Where you put together all the pieces. Yeah. That's what Shaq was. Right. Yeah. Except for he couldn't couldn't really shoot. Right. No. But it's like inter- like footwork. Amazing. Speed. Lateral athleticism. Right. Amazing. Personality. Smile. Look. Like every yeah, everything. Yeah. So we go to the Wooden Awards, and I again I think he was a guest of I, I think uh, 
uh, Coach Brown invited us. And I go to meet him and he shakes my hand. And I got, at the time I was pretty young, but I, I got pretty big hands. This fucking dude's hand touched the middle of my forearm. I was like, I remember walking away going, Dad, I've never seen a human being that big in my life. I think I read about him in uh, my seventh and eighth grade math and uh, math and history teacher gave me uh, the hoop scoop when it used, to be like a, like, it used to be like a TV guy. It used to be like that big. And it had Shaquille in it. It had, I think it had Ed O'Bannon on the cover. And it had sure. like Montross and Glenn Robinson was in it. Um, Ed O'Bannon, unbelievable high school player, by the way. Unbelievable. Oh, who, who, O'Bannon? Ed O'Bannon. Unbelievable. Oh, the best. People forget the- he tore his ACL his first year at UCLA. Yeah. And that UCLA team was good. They, they got smoked by Indiana in Albuquerque. But they should have had Ed O'Bannon too, which is crazy. It reminded me of, um, remember the movie, oh, fuck. It was off the book, uh, Heaven's a Playground. Sure. Bo Kimball was in that. He was an yeah. unbelievable player before yeah. he ripped his knee up. That is what I expected Ed O'Bannon. Like, Ed O'Bannon, it's all you heard about was O'Bannon. But I remember reading about Shaq, and then I did. I, I sort of, obviously, no internet back then, whatever. I turned on ESPN. And he's playing fucking Arizona, and it's a fucking joke. Like, it was a fuck. They just dunking and dunking and dunking, you know. Like, and now, now we're watching the big three, and Chris Jackson, I'm going to do our roots, still yes. playing. Still no doubt. Buckets. It's Great. unbelievable. Uh, all right. Well, stay tuned for part three. Reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12, 3 Pacific on your iHeartRadio app or Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com. And of course, uh, you can download it wherever you download this podcast. I will point out, I really like what the San Antonio Spurs did. Um, look, I like what Oklahoma City did. Oklahoma City got two, two Jalen Williamses who I think are really good blend players. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, I've seen several times in person. I don't think he's a guy you go to and, hey, go get me a bucket. But, you know, you have Josh Giddy who's who creates shots for people. You have SGA. You know, now you have Chet. You, you just need guys you can – I mean, 3 and D is Jalen Williams. He's tremendous. And Jalen Williams from Arkansas is going to be, I think, one of those guys who's like a, on the Celtics – gosh, why am I blanking? It's on the Celtics from the University of Tennessee. Now, th- their build is obviously – very, very different in terms of body type. But Grant Williams is, you know, he'll come in. He'll take charges. He won't be intimidated. He can score just enough. You know, you're never going to run ISOs for him or run him off a, a series of staggers. But that doesn't mean he's a very good player. So I love what Oklahoma City did from that perspective. And then if you look at what the San Antonio Spurs did, I don't know how you can't, I don't know how you can't like what the Spurs did in terms of trying to rebuild this franchise, which has kind of been... They've been very average. Sohan's a better version of Jalen Williams, more talented offensively, but also hybrid defensive player, tougher than hell. Malachi Branham is going to be a really good scoring wing. And then you got Blake Wesley, who you take it, and, and Kennedy Chandler. This to me gives credence to the idea that they may make a change at point guard because both of the, both of them, Kennedy Chandler's interesting because he's kind of a Chris Paul clone, but that position, true point guard, especially under six feet tall. That's a hard one in the NBA. Wesley's very good downhill player. So I like what San Antonio did. Anyway, uh, we'll get to part three. We'll talk more about these draft picks. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball.
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.